Hello and welcome to the Croydon Vineyard podcast. Just before we dive into the talk, we want you to know that you are so welcome and that we'd love to hear from you and to be in touch. You can reach us at croydonvineyard.org.uk, click contact or head over to the events page where you can connect with us at one of our online or in-person events. Over to Tom now as we go into the series, Take the Best and Run. We are at what many have described as a crisis point for discipleship. Perhaps for the first time in history, you and I have in our hands, through our phones, through the internet, the ability to go viral at any moment. What Andy Warhol described even before the internet really took off as the opportunity for everyone to have their five minutes of fame is now hitting the Christian world as well. Most of the out there Christian models of discipleship, of what it means to really count for the Lord, equate visibility with significance. Making an impact for Jesus now is being seen. It's having as many people notice you, recognise you as possible. The dream of many involved in ministry in evangelism or discipleship, is to have somebody, many people, look at your lives and think, wow, you're so amazing, I fall before you and say, what do I need to do to be saved? Visibility has become the the watchword for what it means to be a fruitful and meaningful follower of Jesus. So some of us perhaps feel a slightly less defined version of that salvation narrative. We just feel an urge to be noticed, to be recognised, to be acknowledged as valuable and worth it. You're worth it. But ultimately we're in an unprecedented moment when we are both being told fame equals gain and we're made to feel like the tools of fame have been placed in our hands. So what's stopping us, eh? What's stopping us? Well, perhaps the words of Jesus. Jesus tells us to choose a different path from fame equals gain. Jesus sees the siren calls of unhappy celebrities, angry experts, and he says, don't put on the heavy yoke that they're telling you to wear. Take up my light and easy yoke. He says, win stuff in the secret place. Win stuff, focus on stuff where only your father sees you and he will reward you. It's not our will, it's not our desires, it's not our need for attention, it's not our urgency to be seen and rewarded by those around us that really matters. The thing that Jesus invites you and calls you to, to really gain rest from your soul, is to push that to one side. Instead, hear his words, act on his words, win stuff in the hidden place in your life. So let's look at this now. Here are some verses from Matthew, Sermon on the Mount. It jumps around a little bit, but I'm just going to read it all as one. So in chapter six, Jesus says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. 
If you do, you'll have no reward from your father in heaven. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven. And then back to verse 14. If you forgive, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive, your father will not forgive you. And when you're fasting, fast so it will be obvious. Only to your father who is unseen. And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus repeatedly, repeatedly is stressing this point. The Lord sees you when no one else is watching. Your father sees you when no one else is watching. Now, I remember for years, blood used to drain from my face when somebody told me, God is watching you when no one else is watching. And I'd be like, oh my goodness, like all these things I've kept hidden, my secret sin is exposed. Now, actually, that's not what Jesus is talking about in this passage. But because it will come up for many of us, let's just deal with that quickly now. Um, the reality is nothing is hidden from the Lord. The things you hide from other people, he sees. He sees those things. Don't fool yourself. Just recognise that he sees what you're doing in secret. Now, actually, the flip side of the sense of condemnation you feel from that is a sense of invitation. Because if God's already seen the things that you're ashamed of, that you hide from others, then it's not going to be a surprise to him when you tell him. It's an invitation to begin to speak to him about those things. When no one else is looking, here's my secret sin, God. You see it already. Please, I need to bring this to you. Begin to speak to the Father about it. Confess. Ask for his forgiveness. He loves to forgive. That's what the cross is about. Jesus loves to forgive. And as you're working through the forgiveness, don't just speak about the specific act, but ask him to show you, but what's going on underneath? Why is this something I'm doing? Why do I need to hide this? What's really in the core of my being that's the, the root that's producing this fruit? As you do that, begin to ask the Lord to reveal to you one person, a trusted individual who you can begin to open up to about this. Now, don't just tell anyone. Don't just go and mention this to any old person. Like, seriously, that could ruin your life if you do that. <laughs> ask the Lord. Be wise. Choose a trusted person who knows him, who wants to speak his grace and his forgiveness into your life. Now, I can do that for you. I'm, uh, I, I don't have a need to do that for you. I'm not looking to be that person for everybody. But if you need to hear the forgiveness of the Lord spoken over to you, for shame to be broken, for you to realise that what is in the darkness can be brought into the light and can be dealt with and healing can come, I'll do that with you. So if you have stuff that's hidden and secret in your life, this is an invitation from Jesus right now. Let's deal with it. He sees it anyway, so let's let him sort it out. But look, Jesus' words here are really about encouragement. He wants to encourage those who are seeking to forge a secret life with the Father. Every time it, he wants to encourage you, 
Every time your direct debit goes out of your account to give to church, he wants to encourage you every time you spend a few moments of whispered thankfulness with God. He wants to encourage you every moment you forgive someone. He wants to encourage you every time you pass up, pass up an opportunity or something out of obedience to the Father. And he wants to encourage you every secret gift of compassion you give or whatever you give, the Father sees that. The Father sees it. Even when nobody notices, even when nobody else notices, nobody else bats an eyelid, he sees. Be encouraged. Now we've got to be honest. This this is a challenge, and Jesus is very upfront about the challenge that God, being the only one who sees some things, and God being unseen, what that does to us. It's hard for us. He he says over and over again, your father who is unseen, your father who is unseen, your father who is unseen. Now, we just got to recognise there's a mystery about God. Jesus tells parables that in this time, it's like a master who's gone away for a long time. It's in this time, it's it's a hidden thing. Uh, we, We want faith, don't we, so often, I think, to be like scrolling through Amazon. We want it to be like, God, like you just you oh, see exactly <laughs> what you want. You see exactly the item. You know exactly how much it costs. Yeah. You know exactly when it's going to arrive. Click and it's delivered. Or we want it to be like walking around the supermarket. Like there, it's all clear. Yeah. It's all visible. There's no mystery. It's totally unambiguous. But Jesus says over and over again that dealing with God is more like you being a farmer. It's slow work. You put a lot of work in and it's totally invisible for a long time. Parable of the seeds, it grows under the soil. We know not how. It's invisible. He is a farmer. Slow work, grubby hands, invisible stuff for so long, but in the end, in the end, a bountiful harvest. And if you think about it, there's way more profit in being a farmer than in. In, in being somebody who walks around a supermarket. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the bounty, the abundance that comes in harvest time from being a farmer. Now there's a huge temptation, and we see this, you'll see this over and over again, church. When you look at how some Christians talk about their faith, some churches, some preachers, they use hype. Let's just be honest, they use hype. They talk as if, the, oh, God's right in front of my face, I see him with me all the time, I pray and something happens straight away, and Boom, and it's all marketing and hype and guff. That's to try and pretend guff. that God the Father is not unseen. How could we think our faith would be different from what Jesus said it would be? Our Father who is unseen, and yet, and yet, he sees everything we do. And he will reward you. He will. And Jesus tells us this and he wants you to know and remember that God does see all that you do in secret and he will reward you. He says that over and over in that passage. He sees what you do in secret and he will reward you. And so let's learn this. We win stuff. We really win stuff in the secret place. Do you have a secret place where you are pulling the levers 
to see fruitfulness and joy and peace come in your life. Sometimes I think it's a bit like a car. You know, if you've ever got a kid and you put them in a car and they're like, oh, which button does this, what does this button do? And you're like, well, you know, that's the windscreen wiper. And, they, and they, you know, their favorite buttons are horn, you know, like, they're pressing all these buttons. And they're like, which one turns it on? Which one turns it on? And you're like, okay, like especially in new cars now, they don't even have a key. Oh, yeah. It's the button that. you yeah, push. Yeah, it's a button, yeah. <laughs> that's the button that turns it on. And Jesus is like saying to his church, he's like, he's shouting to his church in this time, this is the ignition button. Push this button. And so often when things are hard, we start being, oh, let's push the horn, let's do the, let's push all these other buttons. He's like, push the button that gets the car running. It's this button. It's your secret life with God. It's what you do when no one's looking. It's when you open the book and read it. It's when you give and nobody notices. It's when you pray. It's when you call on the Lord. It's when you forgive and the person doesn't even care that you've forgiven them. That is the button you push. That's the ignition. And what I've noticed, what we've noticed, is that so often when people go into hard times, like we've had now, is they stop pulling the lever that really counts and instead they pull other levers. So somebody starts to feel low and depressed and they think to themselves, oh, you know, I'm going to stop reading the Bible. I'm just going to scroll through social media instead. It's like you're pulling the wrong lever. It's the Bible's the one. The secret life of God, isn't it? Money is tight. Money is tight. I'm going to stop tithing. I'm going to stop giving to church. I'm going to stop being generous. Instead, I'm going to hoard my stuff. It's the wrong lever. It's the wrong lever. Jesus says he will reward you for the secret things you do. Pull the lever that Jesus says works. I really need a job, so I'm going to stop investing in the community around me and Jesus' people. Instead, I'm going to spend all my time focused in on job applications and all this kind of, all my time. It's like, you're pulling the wrong lever. The Lord is the one who rewards. He's the one who gives jobs and takes away jobs. He's the one. Seek him. I could go on, right? I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling lonely, I'm feeling needing attention, I'm going to go and use relationships and sex and pornography and all these kind of things to try and make myself feel better. Alcohol, alcohol, I'm going to use these things. And Jesus is like, it's the wrong lever, do you not? It's the wrong button. You're trying to get from here to there and you're just pushing the horn over and over again. Push the ignition button. Secret life with God, win stuff in the secret place. Tom, tell us about George Muller. George Muller. He had some um, great stuff about Secret Place. He did. George Muller was a man who grew up and he just thought the Lord invited him to just win stuff in the secret place. And he decided he wanted to care for children in Bristol. And he decided he'd never ask for money and he'd never actively promote himself. He just wanted to trust Jesus and, and push into if I win these things in the secret place. This is what it says in, in the book. Um, great book, George Muller, Delighted in God by Roger Steer. Uh, if, I, if I say that during the 54 years and nine months I've been a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I've had 30,000 answers to prayer, either in the same hour or the same day the, the requests were made, I should not go a particle to far 30,000 requests 
answered in prayer. Just keep track of what you're praying for. Often before leaving my bedroom in the morning, have I had prayers answered that were offered that morning? And in the course of the day, I've had five or six more answers to prayer. So that at least 30,000 prayers have been answered the self-same hour or the self-same day that they were offered. But one or other might suppose all my prayers were thus promptly answered. No, not all of them. Sometimes I've had to wait weeks, months, or even years, sometimes many years. I love it because he doesn't hype it, he Mm. just says it. You win stuff in the secret place. And do you know what? It's not just the people we think of as great people, like people who've had books written about them, um, people like that. I, I know hundreds of stories of ordinary believers who have just spent time with the Lord in the secret place and seen rewards. Hundreds of people, ordinary people like you and like me. So we could go on, couldn't we? But I think, I think we just want to encourage you, church, forge a secret life with God. Keep doing it when it's tough. Keep doing it when it's tough. Why don't you do the finish bit, Leslie? Oh, I can't remember what the finish bit is. It's the next page. Oh, sorry. Oh, there's a whole other page. <laughs> so look, Jesus invites you to live a different kind of life. Not the normal, frustrating and worried life of always being concerned what other people think of you or thinking that your life is about how much you can acquire for yourself or even trying to achieve your legacy. That's a buzzword at the moment. He invites us to a different kind of faith. Not always judging our fruit by what is visible or by the responses of others. Instead, he invites you to come to God as your father your father the unseen one who sees all that you do who knows all that you need before you even ask and he'll lavish such abundant reward upon you if only you will seek to simply walk in faithfulness in the hidden parts of your life should we finish with a quote from george muller Let's finish with a quote from George Miller. He was asked, what is the secret of your service to God? And his response was this. There was a day when I died, utterly died, died to George Muller. His opinions, preferences, tastes and will. Died to the world, died to its approval, died to its censure, died to the approval or blame even of those in church, even of my friends. I died to all those things. And since then, I have studied to show myself approved only to God. I've studied to show myself approved only to God. If you go for that, if you pursue that, the Lord will see it and he will reward you.